0: Good morning, everybody, and a Merry Christmas to you. Have you had a good day so far? Santa bring you some uh, some nice goodies. Who's opened at least one present this morning? Ah, kids, that's good. Any adults willing to admit to it? Ah, there are a few. It's lovely to have you here this morning, good to see you. And uh, I pray that you will be blessed as we share together in this special Christmas Day service. I'm going to take this off. It's really hot under there, but uh, it was just uh, for the effect as we began the service. Um, A special word of welcome to those who are visiting with us today. If you're up with family, uh, if you're here on holiday, if you decided just to check us out, welcome to you. It's lovely to have you with us, and I pray that... You'll feel the warmth and the friendliness of this church community and that uh, you'll feel welcome and at home here at Bundaberg Uniting. A special word of welcome to our live stream uh, viewers, those who are watching this uh, at home or wherever they may be at whatever time, welcome to you. And if you are watching this, please uh, put in a comment, let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to keep in touch with you, we'd love to just send you a welcome message, use the reaction buttons, hit the like or the love or whatever. Luckily, there's no dislike buttons that you can hit during the sermon, but uh, it does uh, help the Facebook feed, and uh, you can pick it up on the podcasts as well. So a special word of welcome to you, and uh, may God bless you wherever and whenever you are watching this service. Welcome to our mini orchestra, I don't know actually what to call you, but uh, it sounded fantastic, and I think they can have a round of applause right at the beginning. They've put in a lot of time and effort, and it's lovely uh, that they can bless us with their musical talents as we worship God. Today is Christmas, and the word quite literally means more Christ. It's a day in which we recall the hope that we have in Jesus. Today, as we light the candles of hope, peace, love, and joy, they are the four candles that remind us of promises that are continually offered to us in God. And all of them culminate in the center candle, which we light today, called the Christ candle. In the candles, we speak of hope because God keeps his promises to us. We can know peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and He calls His children to work for peace in His name. We show love because Christ gave everything for us, that we may know His love, His grace, and the forgiveness of God. And we share joy because the Holy Spirit fills our hearts and minds with the presence of God. Now we light the last candle to remember the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as the prophets promised so long ago. Christ has come into this world, and he comes into our hearts today with the shepherds, with the angels, and the wise men who are all witness to his coming, and we too are filled with wonder and amazement. There's always one. Come on. Let me know if it goes up. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning with hearts that are grateful. Hearts filled with thanks, hearts that are amazed at the King of Kings who humbles himself to enter the world in which he created as one of those that he created. You come into this world as a tiny, fragile baby, yet we know that you are God Almighty and powerful. Your coming today reminds us that that you are God with us. Your name, Emmanuel, God with us. And so we pray, Lord, that this service, the flame of the candles, that they would remind us throughout the time we worship of the light that you are in this world, and that if we follow you, we never walk in darkness. We thank you, Lord, that you are the true light of life, and that as we worship this morning, we worship knowing that the Holy Spirit moves together with us in this place. We thank you that we can be together with Jesus, that our lives are never lived on our own. That we are are never at a sense of uh, not having you there. That no prayer ever falls on deaf ears. No emotions or feelings or difficult situations we face do we ever face without you by our side. There are moments, Lord, when we forget about your presence and leave you out of our lives and sometimes choose to ignore you. And we ask for your forgiveness for that. But we thank you this morning that you are faithful even when we are not. And your promise is true that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so as we worship, may we be reminded of the togetherness we share with you, Jesus Christ. The beauty of your Holy Spirit that surrounds us. And the wonder of God who gives us this gift of life in Christ. All praise and thanks be to you, almighty God. Amen. Well, my all-time favorite Christmas carol is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, unfortunately, with COVID, there are a few extra things that we have to do. You would have already done the booking in and got your tickets, and thank you for your patience uh, with that. One of the other things that uh, we need to do is remain seated as we sing. I, I won't um, even begin to try and explain it because I don't understand it. But that's the rule, and that's how we, how we have to follow it. So you're welcome just to uh, remain seated. The words will be up on the screen. The, uh, the music team will be playing their hearts out, and I invite you to sing your heart out.
1: Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all you nations rise Join the triumph of the skies Christ is born in Bethlehem.
0: at Christmas, is, or in every service, is to bring what we call prayers of intercession, prayers for others uh, before God. And at this time of the year, we particularly bring before God those who are missing loved ones, who have lost someone through the year, um, whether it be through COVID or, or whether other circumstances, but, um, but there will be many tables across the world that are missing somebody, and we lift them in prayer. And we also bring in prayer today those uh, of the medical community who are hard at work, as well as our first responders who, who spend the day making sure the rest of us can be safe with our families. Let us pray. Lord God, as we worship you and give thanks for your presence in our lives, we are mindful as we sit here that there are those for whom this will be a difficult day, those who will miss loved ones particularly, those, Lord, worldwide who have lost loved ones uh, prematurely due to COVID, those, Lord, who, who maybe it's a heart-sore moment when, when they look across the table and know somebody special isn't there. We lift them before you. And pray for your peace and your comfort to be with them in these moments. We thank you, Lord God, for those in the medical community who are, are working hard, looking after those uh, in need of care. For the doctors and the nurses and those working on vaccines, we, we commit all of them into your hands. We thank you, Lord God, for the, for the police force, for the fire. Uh, for the fire department, for all of the, the first responders who ensure that we can enjoy a safe and wonderful day with our families, we pray that you would bless them. And for all those, Lord God, who who's, who are hard at work today, who are missing loved ones, who would love to be together with family and maybe can't because of, of uh, COVID or travel restrictions, Lord God, may you be near to them, we pray. We thank you that none of the requests we pray are news to you, but you are involved in every situation. You know the prayers of our heart before we even pray them. And Lord, we thank you that we can lift them to you together with those unspoken prayers that we mention just in the quiet of our hearts, and we give you thanks. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who taught us when we pray to say the Lord's Prayer, which is up on the screens. We're going to sing together Happy, Happy Day.
1: Happy, happy day, sing for joy at Christmas, fill the air with gladness Only.
0: I will just say to you, we have a brand new system going for our live streaming projectors. So we do ask for your patience uh, as we work it out, but, uh, but so far we're doing pretty well. And uh, thank you for always understanding. You've been understanding right throughout COVID. So don't stop now. We'd appreciate you continuing. Uh, we do, I believe, have a children's story, I think. Yes. Oh, that's great. And given by the most beautiful woman in the church.
2: Well, good morning, everybody, and a blessed Christmas to you all. So today, I... I was looking through the stories, and there's so many lovely books for Christmas for children. But I did think maybe we need to go right back to the original one. And it's important to just make sure we know all aspects of that Christmas story. So I'm actually using a children's Bible to tell the story, and we're going to look at all the details. I think sometimes there's parts that people forget or don't always tell, because we sometimes summarize the story so quickly we leave parts out. There's other characters in the Christmas story that you can read about in Luke. Uh, there's Elizabeth and Zechariah and so on. So I know I haven't discussed when to change slides. I remember when I, <laughs> when we were kids we used to have these um, little books and you'd put a record on and then you'd follow in your book and it said, When you hear the bell, it's time to turn the page. And then we all knew when to turn the page. So that was quite useful. So for those that are doing the slides, maybe I'll just say, slide. And then you know that we're moving to the next one. All right? Thanks, Elise. All right. So the first, this starts with Mary. So slide. (laughs) There we go. And reading from the Children's Bible, it says, Mary was a young Jewish woman engaged to Joseph the carpenter. Joseph was a good man who loved the Lord. He would make a fine husband for Mary. Soon, all their friends and family would celebrate their wedding in Nazareth. But Mary's life was about to change forever. Slide. One day, God sent an angel to Mary. The angel said, do not be afraid. God is pleased with you. He has chosen you to be the mother of Jesus. This holy child will be the king that God promised, and he will be called the Son of God. But Mary did not understand. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will make this happen. And then he said, everyone thought your cousin Elizabeth could not have children, but she will have a baby in her old age. God can do anything. Slide. Mary hurried to Elizabeth and Zechariah's home. When Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, her unborn baby jumped for joy, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She said, Mary, you are blessed because you believed what God said. Mary was filled with joy and sang a song. My heart praises the Lord. My heart is happy because God is my Savior. Then Mary stayed with Elizabeth and Zechariah for three months. Slide. Well, one night an angel came to Joseph in a dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The baby inside you is from the Holy Spirit, the angel said. You will call him Jesus, which means the Lord saves. So Joseph and Mary were married. Slide. The emperor said that all the people must go to their birthplaces to list their names so they can pay taxes. Joseph and Mary traveled many miles to Bethlehem, their hometown. Mary was very tired and there was no place to rest. Slide. Bethlehem was crowded with people and Mary and Joseph had to spend the night in a stable. During the night, Mary's baby was born. Mary loved her wonderful son. She wrapped him in warm clothes and made a cozy bed for him in a feeding box. Slide. Some shepherds were watching their sheep in the nearby field. Suddenly, an angel appeared. The shepherds were frightened. The angel said, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news. Today, your savior was born in Bethlehem. He is Christ the Lord." Then a choir of angels sang, Glory to God in heaven. When the angels left, the shepherds hurried to Bethlehem, and they found the baby with Mary and Joseph. The shepherds were amazed. They returned to the fields, praising God. Slide. Mary and Joseph returned to Bethlehem. Special visitors came from a faraway land to worship Jesus. They had seen a strange star shining in the sky. Slide. These wise men believed the star meant a king was born, so they followed the star to the place where the child was. The wise men were filled with joy. They bowed down and worshipped Jesus, and they gave him precious costly gifts. Slide. And so that story can be found in the book of Luke. You can look it up in the New Testament or use a children's book if you Bible if you want to. But I've put this last slide there. That also comes from the New Testament book of John, a beautiful verse that just tells us exactly why Jesus came. And it sums it all up for us. The message of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. So that is what I'd like you to take home with you. When you think of Christmas, remember, why did Jesus come? He came to make your life better, to bring hope and peace and love, and to bring you an abundant life, a life that is whole, that is pure, that is all that he wanted you to have. So have a wonderful Christmas. Children, enjoy opening your presents. Enjoy the day. And we want to just wish you from, our, from us as children ministry teachers, we've missed you this year. But we are looking forward to the new year.
0: Thank you, Deb. <clears throat> Last night at our carol service, we had a video. We started off with a video where children were narrating the Christmas story. And uh, they asked, the, this particular church asked the children just to tell the story. And they, got, they said the adults will act it out exactly as the children tell it. And I think that might have been part of Debbie's motivation in doing this uh, children's story because Mary was visited by the angel while she was doing laundry. And uh, the uh, baby Jesus received from the wise men a stuffed hippo and diapers and wipes and milk and uh, all sorts of interesting things. I'll pop the video onto our Facebook page uh, for you to go and have a look after the service christ the king of christmas is a uh, another christmas song written by colin buchanan and a fantastic one to enjoy we remind you of the one who trusts
1: the lord who walks the path of godliness and loves to hear god's word Pray that as you grow up, that's just how you will be, standing tall for Jesus like the Christmas tree. Let your love show, let your faith grow, and everyone will know Christ the King of Christmas. bright and shining star spotted by the wise men who traveled from afar they gave jesus treasures and they worshipped him that night Suffered in our place. Wonderful the full forgiveness one as Jesus rose again. for all his goodness shown in all oh, so many ways and every day in every way would be completely his give your life to jesus as a
0: Our Old Testament lesson comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. It's a prophecy concerning the birth of Christ. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across the shoulders, and the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, of peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And then to take you to uh, the official version of what Debbie read for us in the children's story, Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20, uh, some of what Debbie read uh, transitions from Matthew's gospel, and it was a lovely way the whole story was put together. Luke records it like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up From the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to him. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which is just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, just a quick reminder of our summer services, which start from this coming Sunday, two days' time. We'll be having one service for uh, the time of January up to, I think, the 27th is the last one, which will be held at half past eight, summer services at half past eight each Sunday, just a single service, and after the 27th, we'll go back to two morning services You'll be able to still book in for those services or simply arrive uh, on the day as has happened this morning. Um, And uh, those emails will be going out from the office. You could also phone uh, the office and um, let us know on the certain days that are mentioned in the notices. We, as part of COVID, are not able to take uh, an offering. We're not allowed to pass the offering bags around. But at the front of the church, you will see there is a box that is marked "offering." If you would like to uh, give a gift to the work, God's work uh, through the church, then please make use of that offering on your way out. Um, our thanks to the many who have gone over to uh, online giving and have supported the church through through this uh, method of giving over the entire period of uh, the church's closure. And, uh, and also for those who have faithfully brought offerings into the office each week, thank you for that. Let us bring those gifts to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you that at a time where we celebrate the greatest gift you have given us, we are able to bless you with a gift. The gift not only of ourselves, but a gift, Lord, which symbolizes all that we have and all that we own. Today, Lord, as we bring our offerings to you, we acknowledge that everything we have is yours, and all is to be used for your glory. We pray that you would take them and bless them, and use them to be a blessing in this community through the work of this church. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Once in Royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed. pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. We ask, Lord, that as the message is preached, what we hear would be your voice, what is spoken would be your words. And we ask, Lord God, that each of us will hear exactly what we need to hear, that challenges us, that meets us where we are, that lets us know that we have heard from you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you to the team for leading us in worship this morning. A husband and wife were busy doing some last-minute Christmas shopping. Just to just dis- it wasn't Debbie and I. Just to let you know, busy doing some last-minute Christmas shopping in a shopping mall and. And the wife was busy looking at something, and uh, she suddenly noticed that her husband wasn't with her anymore. He was missing, and they still had a lot to get through. She was frustrated. She pulled out her mobile phone, and she dialed him up and uh, called him to find out where he was. And she said, where are you? we still got so much to do. And the husband said, darling, you remember that jewelry store we went to about 10 years ago? And you fell in love with that beautiful diamond necklace. And I couldn't afford it at the time, but I said to you, one day, day I'll get it for you. She felt this little quiver in her lip and tears started to well up in her eyes. And with emotion in her voice, she said, yes, honey, I do remember that shop. She said, well, I'm next door to that place in the bike shop. Oh, the joys of Christmas shopping and gifts and relationships, and men think women are difficult to buy for, and women think men are difficult to buy for, and so we go through these moments every year where we wander through shopping aisles, deep in prayer, praying that somewhere someone has invented something that will jump out as the perfect gift for someone that we love. And I do hope that when you get home and unwrap some of those things under the Christmas tree, that you get some good gifts this year. But Christmas isn't just about the gifts we get, or maybe we don't get. Christmas is about many other things. But specifically, there is always the sense that Christmas is about being together with the ones that we love. Every year, people make plans for Christmas, plans about who they'll be getting together with, which side of the family's turn it is to, to uh, spend Christmas Day with them, or, or maybe there's even, we, we get together with one side on Christmas Eve and the other side on Christmas On Christmas Day or these friends there and and so it goes on. Getting together with, with loved ones on Christmas Day is just part of what we do at Christmas. It's so much of this day revolves around being together. This year I think more than any other certainly in my lifetime, being together has taken on a whole new sense of importance. In fact, I would easily say that in the conversations that I've had with people, being together with others has become the most important thing this year. In the weeks leading up to Christmas, and especially over the last few days, so many of our congregation members have have come to wish me a Merry Christmas and have said, I won't be there on Sunday or on Christmas Day because I'm going to be with my children, or I'm going to be with my family, or I'm going to be with my siblings or whoever. and it's always followed with, I haven't seen them for so many months. I haven't seen them all year. We just haven't been able to get together. In a year where we've been forced to be apart and, and the rules and the laws have stopped us being together, and, and, and rightly so when you see the, the way we've managed to come through so far with the, the low infections we've had. But I think we've gained a new appreciation for, for what it means to be together especially at the time of Christmas. Christmas together has taken on a whole new meaning for the world. In some cases, like uh, for me, plans to be together with family from overseas have had to change. And uh, for some, often at the very last minute. And we feel that absence so much because we know Christmas is about togetherness. Over the course of Advent uh, this year, we as a church have actually been looking at what it means to be together at Christmas. And we've looked at spending Christmas together with different people in the Christmas story and having a look at what they can teach us as we share Christmas with them from their perspective. If you've missed any of these, please head on over to our Facebook or YouTube channels or our podcasts and and catch up on the messages. Uh, They're all there for you to listen to. But we started out the series, the first Sunday in Advent, by looking at Christmas together with Mary. And we discovered how important it was to submit to God's activity in our life, to be willing to do what God asks us to do, just like Mary did. God wanted her to do amazing and incredible things, made, made even more amazing when you realize that she was this young teenager. And without thinking and with any hesitation, without worry of the cost to herself, she says, whatever you need, Lord, I am yours to be used. And that's beautiful, handing over to God, trusting Him, submitting to the activity of God in our lives. We then looked at quite an unusual character in the story, and, and we spent a Sunday together with Herod, and we saw how easily the evil in this world can kind of get hold of us. Herod is so quick to deceive, and it starts off with just these little lies. I want to go and worship the king, he tells the wise men. And we looked at how often these little deceptions can creep into our own lives. Oh, no, officer, I'm, uh, I, don't, I didn't know that I was speeding. Of course you did. Or maybe some other deception. I can't come to work today because I'm not feeling well. Ooh, look at the sun, beach, here I come. Here it is. I've got another one. Uh, I can't talk now. Got bad reception. <coughs> oh, I can go on for a while. Here it is. Here it is in the story because he's almost the he, he's a, he's a metaphor for us, the personification of how easily. Uh, We can can fall into the temptations of evil. How easily we can give over to the desire to, to just quickly deceive. Herod is also, he's hungry for power. He's hungry for wealth. He's quick to get angry. He's cruel. He's uncaring. And he only cares about himself. It's only about his purposes that need to be served. And when we spend a little time together with Herod, we see that this part of the story is all about giving us a warning, giving us a reminder of how easily we can fall into temptation, but also saying to us that this birth of Jesus Christ is about overcoming all of the power of evil, because he is greater than, any, than anything that can be thrown at us. And then we looked at Christmas together with each other. This was the first Sunday we actually came back to worship in the church as a congregation. And... Uh, what a joy it has been to, to see each other and to enjoy the passion and enthusiasm that happens when Christians who love God and worship God come together and praise Him. And we saw the importance of being together and then of connecting in worship, and something special happens when, when uh, we meet with one another. We find our faithfulness is strengthened, our commitment to God is kind of brought to life, and, and we are connected by His, His Holy Spirit last week we spent christmas together with the shepherds and saw how when god announces his birth to the shepherds who were just the lowest of the low in society they were always dirty they were always shunned they were always the uh, the real outcasts these are the ones whom god chooses to announce the birth of the savior to they were the lowest rung on the society, on on the social ladder and when we look at spending time with them, we're reminded that God comes for the marginalized, for those who are left out, for the hurt and for the forgotten, for the poor people in this world. And he calls us to serve them. He calls us to reach out to them, to love them. Jesus even says, Whoever, whatever you do to the least of these people, you do to me. However you treat the lowliest of the low, That's how you're treating me. So in a nutshell, friends, that's what it means to spend Christmas together with all of those characters. But obviously, all of that's been building up to the most important character to be with, and that is Jesus. Today, as we celebrate the birth of this baby 2,000 years ago in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, we look at the importance of being together with Jesus. In our early years of ministry, Debbie and I were in placement in a town called Pretoria in South Africa. Debbie had a job teaching at a local Catholic girls' school. We were invited at the end of the year to attend the annual Christmas play by the little uh, children of the school. And uh, like Debbie said, like I mentioned in the video, when little children get to do a Christmas play, it's quite possible for anything and everything to happen except actually sticking to the script. So when it came time for for Mary to be holding baby Jesus and lovingly wrapping him, there was suddenly on the stage great confusion, consternation, furious whispering. There was panic that was going on because baby Jesus was gone. He had done a runner. He was out of there. He was nowhere to be seen. No one knew where baby Jesus was. Uh, for this play. And, you know, it's quite, it's quite difficult because he's quite a central character to the actual story. So, eventually, eventually another baby Jesus was found. This was a different baby Jesus, but we understood the need for uh, hastily added props, and that was okay. So, a new baby Jesus was found, and, um, and off he went into the uh, play. But when they found him, what they were supposed to do, they had this Christmas tree and, and kids standing on, on staggered steps beside the Christmas tree, and they were supposed to pass baby Jesus up to the top of the Christmas tree. He was, he was the angel, or I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember that they dropped him, and uh, they didn't only drop him in their hurry to get him, they kicked him, and uh, baby Jesus went flying across the stage. Uh, with all the force of somebody who was trying to score a penalty goal in a, a soccer match. And um, and I, th- I thought to myself when I was preparing the sermon, when we say together with Jesus, that's not quite the togetherness or lack of togetherness that we're talking about. The togetherness with Jesus that I'm talking about means something completely different. And the first thing it means is this. Together with Jesus means that he is working in our darkest moments. If we are together with Jesus, he is working in our darkest moments. You know, I can imagine that Joseph and Mary could sympathize with some of the rapid plan changes that we've had to make in regards to COVID. Throughout Australia and as New South Wales that hotspot has grown and other areas have shown signs of COVID, plans have had to change. People have had to cancel trips or hurriedly make them or change dates of important events. Mary and Joseph didn't have the coronavirus to contend with, sure. But what they did have was a census that was suddenly thrown upon them by the governor who wanted to know who was who in the entire Roman world. And it happens just as Mary is about to give birth. Now, it's quite a difficult thing for us to imagine because we live in the days of TV and newspapers and the the common courtesy of giving people advance notice of things that they need to do. But there was no modern communication in those days. There was no advance warning that in a few months, the census will be taking place. Messengers came from the governor's palace, riding on horseback to all of the outlying towns in the outlying provinces, and simply said, there is a census. You need to go to the place uh, of your birth where you will be registered. Everyone has to go. Your plans have to change. I'm sorry that You're about to have a baby. I'm sorry that you've organized for all your family to be here. They're heading off that way. You're heading off that way. The census is happening. So plans change in the blink of an eye. And what they thought was all organized and settled suddenly becomes this major logistical nightmare. Does it sound familiar for this year? And they must have thought to themselves, Mary and Joseph must have thought, God, what are you doing? What are you up to in this moment? Why have you done this to us right at the last second before the birth of the baby that you have given us? Now you make our lives difficult. Now I don't think for one moment that God ordered the census. Or that God wanted things to be as difficult as possible for Mary and Joseph. I don't believe that God is like that. I don't believe a loving father ever wants to make his children's life difficult. Or put them through pain and through heartache. But I do love the way in which God uses that which is difficult, that which is less than ideal, and turns it around for His glory. In this case, God uses the census to see centuries-old prophecies fulfilled, that out of Bethlehem will come the Savior, as well as the other aspects of Christ's birth that come about just as they need to be. When we read in Isaiah that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. It reminds us of the fact that to be together with Jesus is to know that in our darkest moments, He is at work. And the work He does is to bring light in such a way that something beautiful gets made out of something terrible. We've actually seen this all the way through COVID this year. In the midst of all of the terrible things that happened, God has been at work bringing light in the darkness. And we've seen him at work in amazing ways. We've seen the beauty of people who have given above and beyond in sacrificing time and energy and to, to find a, a vaccine, to work with people who are dying, to be close to those who need medical care. We've seen God at work in beautiful ways as, as families have connected and relationships have been repaired where, where people who haven't seen each other for ages suddenly have found themselves connecting over Zoom or, or in other ways. We've seen people who have come to care for the elderly and found ways to love those who are being isolated and brought groceries for the vulnerable and fetched medicines for those who couldn't go out and donated toilet paper to those who, who, who couldn't get when the shops uh, had no stock. It's been an amazing moment where, where God has uh, brought about a, a revolution in terms of the church. Have you ever stopped to think about the fact that before COVID, Churches, by and large, happened in these buildings. But in an instant, all of a sudden, church became something that could happen in every single home across Australia, on every single mobile device or tablet that there was. And God is suddenly moved right outside of any buildings that that have been confining the work of the church. We've seen people who haven't even known what a tablet is. Opening Facebook accounts and learning how to use YouTube and sharing endless memes with me. <laughs> but here's where it gets a bit tricky. And I want to be very clear on this, because to be together with Jesus and to have him work, to have him working in our darkest moment, does not mean that He causes those moments. We sometimes have this funny idea of what it means that God is in control. And I think that just because God is able to make something beautiful out of something terrible doesn't mean that He caused that terrible thing to happen in the first place. You see, right from the very beginning, God has been determined to give us free will and to give us choice. And in order to give us free will and choice, He has to allow those consequences of what we choose to play out. I don't believe that God is a God who is sitting with levers and buttons and controlling every single little aspect of our lives. I believe that God has in some sense said to us, my precious child, I have given you this life as a gift. I have given you this earth to live it in. I have given you people to love. Go and live. Make your choices. Some will be great. Others won't be good at all. But whatever happens... I will be with you. And even when you're on the receiving end of somebody else's choice, and that makes your life tumble into darkness, I will be working in that dark moment to make something beautiful out of what's going on. It works for me in the same way that as a parent, you're in control of your child's life in the sense that you make choices for them. You make the choice of where they go to school. You make the choice of of uh, where they'll live and so on. So you're in control. But you're not controlling every aspect of their lives. They are free to choose who they make friends with. They're free to play on the climbing frame at school if they want to. You don't control that. You don't manipulate every second of their day. And sometimes that means that they will have a rough time. Sometimes it means they will make the wrong friendship or or fall off the climbing frame and hurt themselves. And in those moments, you are there for them. Every step of the way, you will do whatever you can to help them. And you will try to make something beautiful out of what has gone wrong. Throughout history, this has been the activity of God. In our darkest moments, he is there. He is at work to bring light. Last night in our carol service, we lit candles in the dark, reminding us that no darkness, however thick, can ever stand against just that single flame. John describes the birth of Jesus exactly in those terms. He says, the light has come into the world, and the darkness will never overcome it. I am not a talented artist. In fact, I'm not an artist at all. In my family, there are four wonderful artists and one person who doesn't know which end of the paintbrush to hold. But I remember doing an art project at school. And uh, it was primary school. I was working for ages on this medieval battle scene that we had to draw and we had to paint. And I worked so carefully. I had a picture that I was working from, and trying really hard to draw exactly what I saw and, and, uh, and then get to the painting stage. And right towards the end, I did something that made a complete mess of the artwork. I accidentally knocked over um, the paint that I was holding, and, and the, the paintbrush went and splashed all over um, my work of art. The whole thing was ruined. I remember taking it to my dad, who is an artist, and I had tears in my eyes, and I was showing him this mess, and saying, oh, look at this, it's all ruined, hours of work. And I remember my dad looking at it for a few minutes and saying to me, don't worry about it. You go to bed, don't worry about it. And he took the piece and he he put it on his desk. And I didn't see what he did, but during that night, he took the brush, And he proceeded to add a whole new horse and rider out of the mess that I had made. It was an odd color, and that odd color became the armor of the rider, and and, and suddenly this this was a beautiful piece of art again. What had been an absolute mess was, was better than I could have ever done it myself. I'm pretty sure the teacher noticed that one horse was really good, and the other horses were all really bad, but... But I was so pleased because he had taken the mess and made it beautiful. He didn't cause the mess. But he helped fix it. Being together with Jesus is a little like that moment where we know that he is working in our darkest times and he will make something beautiful out of whatever situation we find ourselves in. And I know that it's not easy when you're in the thick of the darkness and it's hard to see how any good could ever come out of the things you face. But as the prophet tells us, to those living in the land of deep darkness, a new light has dawned. Christmas gives hope because it reminds us that being together with Jesus means that he's working in those darkest moments. But it also tells us that being together with Jesus means that he's working right now, In this moment, you know, when the angel appears to the shepherds, he says, I bring you good news that is great joy to all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly angels appeared with him, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, it must have been odd for the shepherds. It's always struck me as odd. I mean, imagine the scene that the angel says, the sign of what I'm saying is true will be that you'll find a baby in a manger. And then all of a sudden, like hundreds of angels Just fill the night sky, all singing beautiful glory to God or whatever it was that they sang. And if I was the shepherds, I mean, I'd think to myself, wouldn't that be the sign? Wouldn't the greatest thing, hundreds of angels filling the sky, wouldn't that be the sign that this is true? I mean, that had to be pretty spectacular. If I was the angel, you'd want the greatest thing to be the sign, the most convincing thing to be the sign. And this will be the sign that thousands of angels will fill the sky singing and you'll see them. But it's not what he says. The baby is the sign because the baby is the greatest thing. Right now, in this present moment, a Savior has been born to you and because of that, you will have great joy in your life. They go together with with Jesus in return, praising God, filled with joy, because being together with him means that he is at work right in this moment. We often face temptation to, I think, live in the future. We look forward to a better time, and, and, uh, and that's a natural thing to do. But sometimes we can be so forward-looking that we forget to see what God is doing here and now. We forget to see this moment of our life, what God is saying to us, how God is ministering to us, what God is wanting us to do, how he wants us to serve him, How he wants us to be part of building his kingdom. Because when we tap into what God is doing in this moment, when we see him at work now in our lives, we actually become partners with him and we fulfill the very reason we were created to love, to serve him, to bring hope to others, to build his kingdom. And we find that joy, peace, hope, and love that those advent candles represent. I've lost count the number of times that people have said to me, well, I hope 2021 is going to be a a better year. I've lost count the number of times and I've heard and maybe sometimes said, things will be better when, and you can fill in the blank. And when that happens, I think in some sense we miss out on what it means to be together with Jesus in this moment. We miss out on what it means to make a difference, on the joy of being part of what God is wanting to do right now in our lives. Because the reality is we don't know the future. We don't know that next year is going to be better. We hope it would be. But we do know that if we're together with Jesus now, he's at work and he's present. And you can love him and serve him. When we looked at the sermon of being together with Mary, I shared about John Bon Jovi and the Soul Foundation that he and his wife started and continue to run. It's a series of restaurants to feed the hungry and also housing projects to help the homeless. And during the height of the first wave of COVID in New York, when the restaurant had to go into takeaways only and was put onto skeleton staff, I was amazed to see this multi million megastar with an apron on, busy washing dishes, and scrubbing the floor. It's incredible. He didn't take the photo. Somebody else took the photo. Here he was, command stadiums of tens of thousands, scrubbing the floor and washing dishes. And he wrote a song about COVID. It led him to write a song about the experience called, When You Can't Do What You Do, Do What You Can. And although I have no idea of his theology or relationship with God, or even if there is one, The concept of that song for me is something that rings so true with being together with Jesus in the present. That we may not know everything, we may not have every answer, we may not be able to do everything, we may not be able to see every solution, but when we can't do what we would want to do, do what you can. When you don't know the overall plans and purposes of Jesus in this moment, well, do what you can. Love Him serve him. Look for an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. Work in the present. Being together is what Christmas is all about. And I pray that it will not just be on Christmas for you, but that this day will be a start or a refresher or a new moment where your whole life becomes about being together with Jesus in the darkest moments and in the present. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, once again for the beauty of the birth of Jesus Christ that we celebrate today, for the wonder of this day and the people that we will share it with, for opportunities to be together with with loved ones that we will share, for moments where we will miss other loved ones. We thank you that... We have them to love all the same. Lord God, we pray that as we focus on being together with you, we would know that in our darkest moments, you are there, working to make something beautiful out of where we find ourselves. And Lord, if that is for anyone who is in this church or watching on the live stream who finds themselves in that moment, we pray that right now they would be, be conscious of being together with you. Whatever that moment may be, they would know you are at work and that you are the light in that darkness. And Lord, we pray that we would be conscious of what you are doing in this present moment, that we would always see ourselves as together with you, that we would see the opportunities to do just what we can in terms of loving you and serving you and showing others something of the love, joy, peace, and hope that we know because of being with you. And so this Christmas Day, may it be the start of something beautiful for us, a life together with Jesus. In your precious name, amen. We close with singing, uh, Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. George. Sure. Friends, I hope that you have a very blessed day, a Merry Christmas, that you enjoy time together with loved ones, and uh, that it is special for you. Enjoy the day, and uh, we'll close as we sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I'll be at the door. I'm not allowed to shake hands, and if I stand at the door, I have to wear a mask, so uh, I'm smiling under it, I promise you. You might see my eyes. If they're a little bit up, that's a smile, and uh, I'll be there to wish you a Merry Christmas and to Bump elbows with you as you, as you head out. Um, I should have said at the beginning, I suppose it's a little bit late now and the horses bolted, but there are masks for anyone who wants them, <laughs> if you feel uncomfortable sitting in the service without one. So you, you're welcome to help yourself one to one for the next service in two days' time. But they'll be there as well. So we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.